0: Welcome everyone to the Transformation Nurse Academy podcast. This is our weekly episode, Talk with Kevin, where we cover topics for all nursing fields with extra emphasis on emergency and critical nursing. Get ready for candid discussions that explore the vast landscape of nursing and beyond.
1: Good morning, everybody. I appreciate you guys joining us. This is the Transformation Nurse Academy podcast. I'd like to welcome Matt Revel and then Fitzgerald Samuel. Matt Revel is from Revel Med and then Fitzgerald is from Samuel Medical, but you're working Mm -hmm. with Revel Med now too. So I appreciate you guys coming on. If you can, just introduce yourself a little bit, Matt first and then Fitzgerald and tell everybody about us and how do we meet and what's your story?
0: Sure. Uh, I'm Matt Revel and I'm a former R&D engineer for BD. I've worked in the industry now for coming up on about 35 years, so I've been mostly designing medical infusion equipment, mostly syringes and needles and catheters, and then I got into medical device sales where I started talking to nurses and learning more about our products, and somewhere along the way in there, my father died of a central line infection, and then it took a personal shot to me because I was one of the people designing these things. So my father died. I named the company RevelMed after my father, not for me inventing this, but from my father's death from, you know, what should have been designed to save him. And actually technically did for a while.
1: So if I can ask, how old was your father when he passed away?
0: 59. He spent his 60th yeah. birthday. Well, he's technically 60. He got his 60th birthday in a coma and no, had-
1: That's crazy, man. All yeah, the
0: cars he ever got opened, he passed, you know, 22 days later of sepsis and- that that pain still right there. Yeah, and I can uh,
1: imagine because I'm 55, I'm I'm only a few years away from how old he was, though, So I can imagine well,
0: that. Unfortunately, stay out of a hospital. It's the same yeah, thing that and then <laughs> doing now. So it's <laughs> that I hasn't. Changed. You. The Only thing right. changed is this. Right,
1: right, right. And how about you, Fitzgerald? Tell us about you. I read your story, but tell everybody. Introduce yourself and talk about you, where you came from, and how you got with Matt.
2: Yeah, I, so here, my, I'm so i Fitzgerald, and I was introduced to Matt around 2007. I was looking for information regarding a IV securement device that I was working on. And yeah, I was introduced to him by a lady over the internet. And maybe after about three months of working on that other device, the relationships kind of turned sour between the old partners and Matt extended to me the opportunity of Ravel made.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was reading your story about that. I, I like that. I don't, I don't wanna to talk too much if, if you don't want me to about it. Are you okay? That's fine.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, please, yeah. You,
1: you wrote in there that it was a certain person, she was working as an RN, she got stuck with an HIV needle and stuff. And we still, even today, we have high needle stick injuries and stuff. So I wish you would've got to, to produce your device because this is something that still today is a big issue, and even with safety devices, I don't know how we can mess up safety devices. But maybe we need more education with nurses. I don't know. <laughs> That's good. Yeah,
2: she is a friend of, or the mother of a friend of my wife, mm. and we still were over. At, well, yeah, still today, but she has passed now. Oh. Jonas passed now. She had a pretty decent long life. She survived maybe about thirty years or so.
1: Did she wind up getting HIV from the
2: needle stick? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we were sitting around at a birthday, dinner one evening, talking about inventions and all kinds of stuff. And her ex-husband, he had devised this little securing mechanism that would use a Velcro system instead of the adhesive tape. Because the adhesive tape was just wreaking havoc on her skin. It was pretty cool it was my first introduction into like the medical world and devices and infusion and yeah it's super interesting and intriguing i love learning about it and kind of just snowballed into all kinds of stuff and i think like the full circle that it made is that so many roads lead to that sepsis at the end of the day
1: right that's right, all yeah. right so before we get into the content i have to ask because i already know that all these women are going to be asking where's your accent from
2: i'm from south africa johannesburg right. or right. close by so johannesburg because i already know they <laughs> yeah,
1: you know women love that accent <laughs> oh my god Fitzgerald. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> not that you don't have a beautiful accent man but you know he got his beat hands down and stuff
0: <laughs> i can't i can't i can't my southern boy accent just can't compete man.
1: right right i know that's true all right so i have a lot of questions i know that you guys answered them already but could you briefly explain how both of we well, already talked about how you both got into the healthcare field, but how have advances in fusion therapy changed patient outcomes in recent years? We'll start with you, Matt.
0: Well, recent changes? Yeah. Yeah, I guess the, the biggest thing I'll say is now we're finally starting to trust the peripheral IV, the initial IV that you're getting. They're letting it do more now. I just saw an article on chemotherapy that let you do that with, but we still haven't resolved the fact that the peripheral IV is only good for about a day.
1: Why is it that it's only good for a day?
0: Usually they don't trust the person that put it in before them. The vein gives out and it clogs in that order.
1: I already know these answers, but do you know why an only lasts a day? Do you know what it is that we as nurses are doing or not doing that's causing to, it to only last 24 hours?
0: For instance, I'll take a personal story because those always work. My daughter was in the hospital about six or eight months ago, and she was in there for only... Within the first 24 hours, she had five IV starts. I'm not going to throw research or numbers at you. I'm just going to tell you what I saw: five clogged IV catheters due to antibiotics. The antibiotic just not wanting to be in. The KVO not done. And this is the funniest thing: they talk about missed attempts. Not one missed attempt. They know they weren't using ultrasound, and they were veteran nurses. They'd start the IV on first attempt, but it would not last. But do you and- think
1: it's because they weren't flushing it before and after? Or were they flushing before?
0: Well, I was there the whole time. Nobody's got a better set of critical eyes on it than I. And I right. didn't see them doing it one thing wrong. I just right. saw then I started taking pictures, and then I lost patience and told them to put in a pick line. And here was my rules. Their rules. They said four failed attempts, right? right. You get a pick line. Well, wait a minute. If a catheter doesn't survive this therapy, it is a failed attempt. Right. I don't care whether you missed the vein or not. It didn't make, it did not survive the therapy. Failed attempt, failed attempt, failed attempt, failed attempt. Pick line,
1: right. you know. And, did they and, fight you on it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's was not a fail. At, was this at nighttime or daytime?
0: Both. It went well, because, up, you know, it.
1: a lot of facilities don't use. Pick nurses at nighttime. They only do it Monday through Friday. 8 oh yeah, five you know. a.m.
0: Yeah. I was ready for that too because they said, "Well, you know, it's a Friday. The team is getting ready to leave. You only got about two hours to get them down here." I'm like, "Okay, we'll get them down here," and then I'm not sure. So I actually knew one of the mobile access teams, and I called her up and I said, "Hey, come on in, and put a pick line in. You know, just just get up here and put one in." And I'm standing with my device ready too. I could have done one myself, you right. know. But I'm like, I'm actually paying my competitor to come in and put in a pick line just so my daughter will quit getting stuck. That's crazy, though, right? That's yeah. Sorry for a long answer on that. No, no, no.
1: It's a common. No, I want people do to know because it's it's a common thing in the ED. We get nurses who, even though we're experts, they may stick two or three times. And
0: I'm going to tie Fitzgerald's story into that a little bit too. Those needles you're trying to get rid of are all those attempts failed attempts, missed attempts. Those are where those needles are coming from and what Phillipa Sharps can take.
1: Can you see my uh, whiteboard? Okay. So I got your device up there so everybody can see it. So when you're describing it and you're explaining, everybody can see it. Hopefully it's All recording. Right.
0: Well, off to the left there, that's at Ava. That's my daughter right there next to Fitzgerald.
1: Oh, this is okay. the one that had the multiple attempts.
0: Yeah, she got stuck five times in 24 hours. I'm only laughing because she just came out of phlebotomy training where they spent oh. Learning needle that sticks on each other. Her arms were shot before she even went into the hospital, so you turned over to the professionals, and they're doing their job. But the catheters just weren't holding up. I'll skip a little bit forward. That green cap you see in the rest of those pictures is a direct result of her stay. Is like, I can't prevent those clogs, but we can clear them and flush in another. Right. I made the clog actually hold the line. The clogged catheter is the KVO.
1: So what is the purpose of this green, how do you declog the line with this green cap?
0: You pull that green cap and the long line comes out.
1: Oh, I got you. Okay. So after you insert your device, you'd pull that out and it comes out. Yeah. If, if you, you, you can put a new one back in?
0: Yeah, exactly. I got you. All right. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, it's right. perpetual prevent clog prevention. It can't occlude because the peripheral IVs always got something in it already. A catheter, another catheter.
1: How about you, Fitzgerald? Have you seen any kind of advances or from the time you began with Matt, any advances in the infusion therapy field since you've been starting this project?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. There were a couple of big changes. I think one of them was the CMS stopping the payment for hospital-acquired infections. That created a big drive for keeping everything clean now that they're not getting reimbursed for it anymore hospitals were trying to do whatever they can to prevent the infection. So, you know, securement devices, the sterile maximum barrier protocol, and then also a reduction, because within that was the reporting of all the infections and also sepsis numbers had to get reported. So kind of like the treatment was also a little bit, managed as far as like the use of central lines maybe got reduced a little bit and there was a a little bit more focus on a midline since those infections don't get reported the same way necessarily and they're also not as dangerous you know so the further you can move away from that central line in the neck and the chest and do more work in the arm area they become a little bit less dangerous
1: so why do you think we've had so much? I'm just talking from my perspective, because I've known Matt maybe five plus years. We've known yeah. known each other. Why have we had such a hard time getting his product into the facilities? Why is there so much resistance? Because I worked in the ED now for almost 15 plus years just in the ED. And our doctors have a hard they don't really want to put in central lines. And we were always told that you can't infuse certain things through peripheral lines. And so you know, why do you think there's such a pushback on this device? Why don't they accept it?
0: Fitzgerald is the reason we are where we are. Our device has gone through six modifications, major modifications. And I'll give Fitzgerald probably credit for about all of them. He'd say, this is the way we need to do it. This is what's wrong. And then finally, it got down to, to where it is now. So that's number one, product revision. But number two, the market moved to that peripheral IV. Yeah, I I understand in the ED, they don't like central lines. But if, you know, one third of peripheral IVs are going to fail, that's not exactly a respite. Right. So we needed a way to go to the peripheral IVs and to fix it. So that's where we are now. So now we've got a bullseye. We've got the right product at the right time to where the market is. And we've got that price down too. So that there, you know, you're talking about five bucks to make an IV catheter go a year.
1: Not just that, but you, and I'll talk about that because I, I made a highlight about the, your dwell time and stuff, but you know, the sepsis bundle, unless it's changed and I'm having a senior moment, it said that you should have a central line in to start monitoring CVP and infusing.
0: They did. CVP, it was it was designed that they, you weren't supposed to over infuse, but they got rid of that. And, and now they just, uh, really more important to get those antibiotics and fluids. That's in. right. I agree to that to a point, but if the fluids are going to cause kidney damage,
1: talk about that too, because that's one of my pet peeves in the ED, man. Makes yeah,
0: me crazy. yeah, <laughs> makes I got to Here's the good thing: is my only uh, dog in this fight is you know I've got the way to do it on one needle. So whatever right. you're going to do, uh, let's not keep resticking the patient and re- and increase venous depletion. I right. can get them around the central line. I can get them one IV that'll do it all, and then it doesn't need replaced. Well, kind
1: of talk about, since you since you brought that up, kind of talk about that, you know, talk about, because a lot of nurses don't even know what a midline is. You know, I know what a midline is because I've been in infusion therapy for a while, but what is a midline? And your product kind of fits into that. I know that you say you're not a midline because I read your notes here. You know, I, I don't want to steal your notes, but you said we don't call ourselves a midline because of the drug time of year. What do you call it?
0: And I just I kind of make it a midline is a middle range catheter and it can be used for a lot of things. It's popularity is growing exponentially. The problem with the, what, uh, the classification of bid lines, according to the FDA, they have to be pulled in, pulled at 29 days. You can't go any longer than that. And, and that's not our category. That's FOZ, FDA clearance. Ours is LJS. We're catheters minimum 30 days. Mm-hmm. So we have to go at least 30 days, you know, or there's something wrong with the device. So can, so- we,
1: can we call your device something special, like create a whole yeah, new category. Yeah,
0: and and you can call it a vascular access. Yeah, but everything's
1: a vascular access that enters the vein, but i want to give it to Fitzgerald. You got to work on this. We need a fancy name to come up with Because <laughs> we have big lines, mid lines, peripherals. We need to come up with a fancy name, man. Cause,
0: cause... He did. He came up with a good one. What is it, Fitzgerald? Oh, wait, we'll call it the back and forth. No, no, the, the one and done.
2: Oh, the one and done. Oh, oh the that, one and yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Because remember, yeah. the midline catheter is implanted, er, inserted here somewhere in this area, typically in the basilic, but it's it could Our, be in this area here, right? Six uh, to eight uh, inches long. Correct. Right, and the, the tip of it usually goes right before the axillary space. But where does yours end up at? Where does the well, your it, device go?
0: Well, we're going to be seventeen centimeters deeper than where you put us in.
1: Seventeen centimeters. I got to
0: write this yeah. down. So, so wherever, seventeen
1: centimeters be- wherever you insert.
0: Yeah, so wherever you put in, our dispensing distal end is going to be 17 centimeters deep in that vein. So 17
1: it's, centimeters is about maybe, calm down over there, Fitzgerald. I know we're not on a metric system in America, but I'll get there. 17 centimeters is roughly about 6 to 8 inches, 8 to, right. eight to 10 inches.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's where there's the catheter inside your 6-inch extension set. And then when you connect the two this is what i do all day long on zooms by the way this is what we did at ava we just show that you can extend the length
1: i like that though that's craziness i love it
0: yeah so now Now, now,
1: is that as long as it will go is that as long as the device is right there
0: it it goes as long as the extension set whatever extension set you buy if you buy a 20 centimeter 60 centimeter extension the catheter is going to be that long too so six extension six inch catheter now there's your midline question if you put in here where you normally do for midline it's going to be midline length.
1: so when you're talking about the extension it says there's like four inches six inches eight inches 12 inches so that device fits inside of it and that's how long it's going to go out correct oh, so you have different oh that's nice i like that
0: yes yeah, so that's kind of what i want to get to uh with you real quick so if you put us in a midline location Yeah, for what you know and what you think is a midline, great. But you'd have to pull those at 29 days. Us, you leave in, Right. You go past 29 days. And so that's why.
1: So the device, you're you're inserting your device to my IV that I created. So what size IV do I need to insert for you to use your device?
0: 20 gauge or larger.
1: 20 gauge or larger. So does my device
0: come out? No. You have to use my peripheral IV because it's guaranteed a one-year dwell.
1: That's what I mean. So if we use yeah. our device in our facility, it wouldn't work because those well, are only meant for 24 to 40. I mean, it would work, but it only lasts for 24 to 72 hours. Ever how long? We our policy says we got to DC it.
0: I'm sure the FDA is going to watch this one, so I'm going to say these this answer very carefully. I got you. You could perform what you're talking about with any peripheral IV over 20 gauge, 20 gauge or larger. It's All right,
1: we can't leave it in there more than.
0: Well, you 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 used it off label. You've right. already been it off label. So I got you. Okay, I got use you. Use it all, but but if so you so we're,
1: we're technically we're required to use your peripheral IV if we're going to use your device. If you're yeah to, yeah, yeah to keep it I'm, in there longer than twenty nine days.
0: Right, and the reason is you. I'm I'm responsible mm-hmm.
1: for it. I got I'm you. I'm
0: responsible for that to go at least thirty days. I got you. Right? Can't be responsible for anybody else's product. I got Just you. Just the one I provide you now. That being said, what do you need in your kit? If you're using a B-Bron needle, a BD needle in your kit from RevelMed, there it is. You just can't grab one off the shelf. It's got to come in my package, and I've got to be responsible for its process through the hospital. So, so just did you,
1: does your IV catheter, your peripheral IV catheter, is it come with the needle, just like a regular device? Yes. I'm because, just using your, I got you, all right.
0: Go back to the whiteboard. I'll tell you where we're using an Anexaba. And in that's fact.
1: what Fitzgerald helped you design, right? And kind of yeah. tweak and. Oh yeah. Let me see. Can you see it, Fitzgerald? Can you see my board? Yeah,
0: I can see the whiteboard. Yeah, that's a twenty gauge Nexa.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the. I'm not. Just so you know, I'm not a big fan of that device.
0: Well, it's it's <laughs> common in hospitals. Let's put it that way. And it's the technology, and it's, when you say what the hospital's currently using, there's a good chance it's that. I know. My only problem with it is it's just not long enough. The catheter is just not long enough to dwell on the vein for long periods of time. And this my, resolved that My problem.
1: issue with it was when you try to insert it, it sticks and it's so hard to, to get those two pieces to separate. And I think that movement alone can cause you to damage the vein because you're trying to to separate the two pieces. People got to understand they got to break the seal first before they use it.
0: Yeah, to each their own on which one yeah. they use. My device
1: uh, is the one that I'd probably designed way back with the other company.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, okay. It was, it, the, the hardest, for Rebel med 97% of the battle is getting into a vein, quality right. vein. If you've done that, then we can hold it. It's just, I'm I'm required to provide you the peripheral IV and responsible for its characteristics. Do you Specifically us- the past 29 days. No, Do you those-
1: prefer us to use ultrasound machine when we're inserting our IVs? Would it make a difference? Does it
0: make a Oh yeah, I, same as a pick line. If you're going for the long dwell, you've got to find a quality vein. And the sooner you find a quality vein, the, the quicker you, you can quit using all the others. You know, veins depletion comes from all things you do outside of the one IV that's working. So if you've got one IV that works and lasts a year, go for the good vein, put it in and leave it in. Take care of it. You right, maintain
1: we're changing IVs every two or three days sometimes, if not more, because, you know, patients bend to arms or their veins are fragile or
0: they're so yeah.
1: inexperienced in sticking IVs.
0: That's kind of one of the little notes I gave you about this meeting is that I, I agree with the vascular access industry and AVA. I just think it's on the wrong end of the hospital.
1: So explain what you're talking about.
0: The sepsis bundle, all five steps are vascular access. All of them. So it's gotta be done in an hour. So talk about
1: the five steps real quick. What are the five steps for the bundle?
0: The first is measuring lactate. The second is uh, volume resuscitation. The third is broad spectrum antibiotics. Fourth is vasopressors, or that may be five. And the other was uh, continuous monitoring. I don't have the bundle in front of me. It's no, that's five good. That's steps.
2: Good. That's good. Yeah. Go ahead. The Go only ahead. thing is the the CVP ne- isn't necessarily in there anymore. But you have to do a blood draw before you start your broad spectrum antibiotics. Right, because
1: we have to do Step our two. we have to draw our blood cultures.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have right. to you administer the antibiotic or you'll ruin your test yeah
1: your device is a one french is is that what i understand
0: uh 1.7
1: so is that going to cause any hemolysis when i draw blood through it not at all because you know nurse will worry about that because one french seems small compared to what size is a 20 gauge iv
0: so there's a product on the market from bd called pivo yes it's got a smaller id than we do right we're bigger than that thing, so if, if Pivo can do it, then obviously we can.
1: Right? Is I, to me, I think a lot of times it boils down to the technique of the nurse, the size of the syringe they're using, and well, yeah, and what they're well, doing,
0: and back enters too. Pull back <clears throat> tubes pull too hard. Remember, I'm you're talking to a BD engineer, so yeah, they. Well, the I didn't vacuum... want
1: to mention. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to get you in trouble by mentioning that. But since you mentioned it, I, I don't know. Be afraid to mention it because I do use BD products because you know they're the biggest around, and you probably design most of the stuff they. That we they're, use today. Yeah. They're,
0: they're a great company and they'll, they'll adapt to what's coming. They just didn't get there quick enough with this area. Right. And it, so that's BD is a great company. They'll, whatever you need in your kit from BD, you can get in RevelMed.
1: So talk about that because this is one of my big passions about, you know, in since we're talking about sepsis and the five, five steps of the bundle, you made a note in here about overhydration and acute kidney injuries. Talk about that because a lot of nurses think I'm crazy when I talk about. Sometimes we give too much fluids because we don't monitor correctly, and we don't know how to monitor as nurses.
0: yeah, you can't you, well, you can't just start you know the, the the kidneys have shut off for a reason or they're fragile just throwing a bunch of fluids in just is going to ask them to work harder right so yeah, you just you have to be subtle here you know the patient's got oh, your right. kidneys will, will come back on if you live long enough right? that's kind of the, with that infection rule so you know don't burn them out.
1: I'm following this nurse, her name's Stephanie, and she works for one of the competitors of BD, but she's been doing a lot of research. She's more of a critical care nurse, but she's been doing a lot of research and they're showing that we're giving five to seven liters too much in the ED.
0: Oh yeah. So that fluid challenge it's actually called a fluid challenge. And the reason they're doing that is they're testing to see if you can make urine, you get put fluids in and if your kidneys are working, you'll make urine. It's just a real quick test of organ failure kidneys are going to be the first organ to fail so that starts the uh what do they call it the cascade of organ failure starts with kidneys right. so the first test you have is are they working and so you put some fluids in and the patient should start producing urine if they're not then you you need to you know quickly not do fluids anymore and move to vasopressors or something else right and, and vasopressors can burn the kidneys too no, oh, that's, that's a fast, good way to, to make a kidney fail, is uh, overuse of vasopressors.
1: They can also burn veins if you don't infuse them correctly as well.
0: Correct. That's, that's, correct. Yep. But that's, that's, that's kind of the points I, I bring up about dialysis. One-third to one-half of dialysis patients you know, or kidney failure come from sepsis. Right. Whether you get the sepsis or was it the treatment mm-hmm. of the sepsis, but it, the way you know one-half to one-third are walking away with acute kidney injury.
1: So how does your device help us with that? How can we try to get this into the EDs and use it effectively to treat our patients and prevent those kind of injuries?
0: So that's two parts to that. The first off is time. You can get in and do what you got to do and do everything on one needle that just speeds everything up. We call that the golden hour. To get those infusions in, you can power infuse through us. You can get everything through on one needle and you can do it with, you know, you can start the antibiotics, leave them in long, all that done on one needle. Blood draws, all that. You just get started sooner.
1: So on the screen, I only have, I probably miss it, but on the screen, I only have the single lumen, but I know that you have more than one lumen. If Correct. I'm not mistaken, you can make it a double lumen or a triple lumen.
0: What can we use? Double lumen, double staggered lumen. And what does uh, that you, mean? Okay, you actually do have a picture of it up there on your, uh, above the, is it, this time it's done with a 14 gauge over there. It's oh, to yeah. the right, top right. Nope, to, left. This so one to here. left. All right, now look at that. That's not a twenty gauge that I'm using there. No,
1: that's like a fourteen gauge.
0: <laughs> uh, fourteen gauge. Okay, then Woo. you trying to kill that. me? <laughs> well, now if you need fluids, that's a pretty good size.
1: I know it is. That's
0: all right. If you're trying to get three liters of fluid in in an hour, you know that that thing right there can do that in seven minutes. Right. Move your cursor off to a little bit to the right. Okay, well that's fine. All right, so that's dual lumen. There is the distal lumen way to the left. So that long catheter, that is the distal end of the green hub. Okay, same, same device. The green cap is dispensing at the green arrow. Distal lumen.
1: I got you. Okay. So if I connect the maintenance IV solution right here, it's going to come out down here.
0: I prefer you put the antibiotic
1: there. Okay. Okay. So antibiotic goes there. Or the vasopressor. Or the vasopressor, so what- Yeah,
0: sense? put anything that's got to go deep and can't infiltrate, you want to put through here. Now, the fluids, go back to the where that needless this, connector is. Change the color of that to orange. Where am I putting it at? Into that 14 gauge. Right here. Here it ends, right there. That's it. All right, now go back to the needle. the needle-free connector all the way on the right. Correct. Flip it upside down if you can. Perfect. There you go. All right. So that's, that's your dual lumen. Now, most importantly, that's called a staggered dual lumen. They are not dispensing in the same area of the vein. It's typically a valve between that orange and that green arrow. I got you. So that way you can infuse through the green while you draw blood through the orange or hydration or whatever. But, but they, your, device,
1: your device is going through the lumen of the orange catheter. Correct. Is there, if I draw blood, if I was to connect here and draw blood, Yes, Because your device is going through the lumen, is it going to cause hemolysis or any issues when I draw back?
0: No, you're going around the long catheter. You're going through the, you're getting, you're getting that. I got you, but
1: it's basically going through like this, right? I mean, is it, as I'm drawing back through it, is it going to cause any problems? You know what I mean? If I'm drawing back blood through it. No,
0: In fact, you're going to get better results because it's a large bore peripheral and that long catheter within is giving it a kite tail, meaning that it's going to stay in the middle of the vein and not pull up oh, against I the got vein. Okay, right.
1: right. John.
0: Right. In, in, in dialysis, they call that a dead eye.
1: Let me say that one more time.
0: In dialysis, that's called a dead eye.
1: A dead eye. All right. It's
0: something dead that eye. holds the intake, the arterial end inside the vein.
1: I never knew that. See, I'm not. I've never worked dialysis. So now, well, now
0: I bring that up, because right there, that device you're looking at, the reason I, the reason I used a 14 gauge, there's your dialysis catheter that'll go 350 milliliters per minute.
1: All right, so
0: you, you
1: could use it for multiple things.
0: Yeah, exactly. It'll, so if we,
1: it'll, so if we were to talk to some nephrologists, cause I, I have a connection with nephrology groups, Yeah, that'd be something they may be interested in.
0: Yeah. It's a godsend for one. You don't need a fistula. Oh, all right. All right. You don't need a dialysis catheter out of the neck. You just need two of these. This one you do need two of, cause you gotta have an arterial and a venous, but at 350 milliliters per minute. Uh, I don't want you know, to put you, you
1: on the spot, but is this gonna be better f- for the fistula, long term wise? Like for the well, pistula? yeah, because
0: you know this has got a one year, actually technically a three year dwell.
1: Right, but but I mean, I mean, just talking about my personal experience, fistulas sometimes don't last very long. They clot off, so they gotta go and get another one. Does, yeah, would this one last better? It has better results?
0: A fistula's got a, a six month to a year timeout mm, before right. you can even access a fistula, so you're all given. All right a central line dialysis catheter right of the temporary port and stuff i got you right 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 and that's that's in your neck and you have to wear that for 6 months till your fistula is healed and then you can use the fistula so i'm saying in the ed right now you can get started with two of these now there's that 14 gauge don't get me wrong it's got to be some size on that peripheral but that's your intake Gotcha, you. and- but
1: i mean that can be put in under ultrasound with a little sedation right. or maybe some lidocaine or numbing agent so in
0: yeah. It's a lot less painful than the dialysis catheter. Yeah.
1: And it's going to last longer and has better results. Yeah. And that's Second. Is this what Fitzgerald's been helping you redesign and make it more efficient?
0: That no, that one he didn't help with. That one's early. So he's, yeah, he's, he's helped me with all the other stuff, but he's, he, you know, but he is an expert on dialysis too. We, we, we batted that one around before we, so yeah, it's this one, this one I haven't worked with him that much. So let's say there's probably some improvement coming from Fitzgerald that I just haven't talked to him about yet.
1: That's nice. Though. I like this. See, now I'm gonna have to start talking to all my nephrology contacts for it because
0: well, have if I, those, I,
1: those and stuff. So if I have kidney
0: failure and I can get out of two surgeries, yes, please.
1: Yeah, because it's very painful, and you know, going through that graft and stuff is you know traumatizing sometimes, and sometimes they fail for whatever reason. So. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think just having two of these around in a in a dialysis center is is a must have because the moment that fistula fails, what are you going to do? Patient still needs dialysis, so it's just having this this handy to get started to see you know even if you just want to see if it works, go ahead. You know, it does pull And If you're really in a, in a mist about it, just pull us out and leave the 14 gauge in and use it, and then flush another one of us in when you want to keep that 14 gauge patent.
1: So if somebody wants to contact you or Fitzgerald about how to get this device and how to get it into their facility and start using it, I have up here on my whiteboard your revelmed.com, but is there any other way you want me to to have them contact you?
0: Really, that's fine. You can info at revelmed.com is is the general email.
1: All right. So don't forget that Jane, info at revelmed.com.
0: Yeah, and and you can either get hold of you or Fitzgerald too. Just yeah, just right. end up there, you know. Just, yeah. You so want Matt's, on, Matt's on
1: LinkedIn. Fitzgerald's on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that I missed that you want to talk about, Fitzgerald, or is Matt? Anything I missed that you want to discuss about your product, or you know, anything that's on your mind that you want to share to people that's listening?
2: Yeah, I kind of want to just briefly touch on the sepsis and the sepsis protocol yeah. again. Kind of going back to the early 2000s, when Dr. Rivers came out with the sepsis bundle for the emergency department, he basically took the what they were doing in the ICU, and he was saying that, you know, these patients, two out of three of the sepsis patients that they see come through the ED. Right. And so he's like, you know, let's bring this protocol down to the ED so we can catch these patients earlier. And you know, for obvious reasons, putting a central line down in the ED is a little bit more cumbersome than doing it in the ICU. So the central line became a big hurdle for them. And that CVP got probably the most criticism because, you know, for the most part, you can do a lot of this stuff without the central line except for the CVP. And so what kind of stuck with me is, is the fact that the therapy was already started long before the CVP was starting to get, was, was being measured, you know? So when you look at a therapy and you want to compare what it looked like before you started the therapy versus, and then compare it to what you were doing afterwards, CVP was kind of in a gray area because you had to justify, the patient had to get sick enough, the lactate level had to reach a certain point before right. they said, okay, now we have to put a central line in Right, that's right. And so, like, that number was always, you know, you didn't really get the full picture. And so with the Revelmate device, you reduce a lot of that risk, you make the procedure easier, it doesn't take as much time. So there's an opportunity to possibly measure the CVP even before you start the fluid. Right. You know, so like, and then you talk about what is the outcome going to look like there? And, you know, with this device, it's just, it's really difficult to not think about that aspect, considering all the complications of what's keeping a traditional central line from being able to be used that way. So
1: I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this, though, Fitzgerald, what you're talking about, the CVP central lines. Our biggest weakness in the ED is most ED nurses have no critical care training, but yet we're responsible to take care of critical care of patients. I was a trauma ICU nurse, but I'm now an ED nurse, and I could see that a lot of nurses in the ED don't know how to set up a CVP or never have set up a CVP. The doctors don't want to put in a central line because it either takes too much time or they don't get reimbursed for it. You know and I mean, just talking from my experience. So that's why I want to find your product, a way to bridge the gap so that we have no more excuses.
2: Yeah. And then on the other side, it's just like like I was saying, it kind of jumps back and forth because you really have the benefits of a short peripheral IV when you think about the insertion of the device, right? So it starts off small, you have the benefit of that. There's less exposed material to the environment when you're inserting all that goodies. And then you go to a midline and you can use that midline to extend the distance between the actual access site versus the dispensing site, you know, for extravasation to kind of help and prevent that. And then especially with that 14 gauge, the orange one on the screen, if you pulled that six inch extension out and you were able to put maybe like a three fringe through there, now you have the possibility of measuring CVP.
1: So if I took that device out, that's in the, what's on the screen, you can reinsert a longer device in there and push it all the way to where we need to, to measure the CVP.
2: Yeah, so that it can We don't escalate. have to DC
1: the original device. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
0: you do it from a pick instead of from the neck.
1: Say that one more time, Matt.
0: You've
2: made a pick.
1: I got you, okay, all right.
2: Yeah, but so you leave that but leave we- peripheral in place, and yeah, you can advance and just escalate from that point on, right? right. So
1: you don't have to the do other option, new, You don't have to do a whole new procedure. Is what you're saying?
0: Correct. Yeah, you yeah. You, you, you swap out a short one for a long one. You take one, you on. you know, yeah. 50 centimeters, fifty-five centimeters, whatever length you need to get to the superior vena cava, and that'll measure your central venous pressure from the arm instead of from the neck.
1: That's nice.
2: And then the other thing is, is that even if you use this six-inch extension and you place a access device in the ij mm-hmm. then it becomes a central line automatically this is a central line
1: right so because a lot of eds like i work in as long as you get the proper training you have to come see i can insert a an iv into the ej does it have to be ej or does it have to oh. be an ij both if i do an ej for the doc he can he or she could put in this device and basically turn it into a central line for us
0: yeah it is a central line what's what's the Reach that, reach that superior vena cave It is essential okay. it.
1: That's nice. I like it. right. that. Well, it's
0: good. That's where we were for a long time. But central venous pressure kind of fell out of favor with the system. Right. Right. So it, they don't, they don't measure it anymore, or got, at least you know, turn away from it. But so be it. You know, we we'll stay 17 centimeters.
1: So all you ED docs and ED nurses out there, you have no more excuse now. That we can put in these devices. They're cost effective. They're effective for the patient. So no more excuses.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's a, a rad little doohickey. It's like this little portable CVP monitor. And they're pretty nifty if you just wanted to get a quick baseline, you know, instead of having to hook it up to all kinds of monitors. and.
1: If you can, send, yeah, me, it, a, it, send me a picture and link that, because I don't think it, I've it, ever seen that.
2: It's called
0: the Encompass device. It's available from Medline. Encompass. Yeah, I don't know if we have that. Let's say they do. We don't. But, yeah, if I you need time. it, right. get one from them.
1: Maybe Rebel Men needs to work one on their own.
0: Well, yeah, and, <laughs> you know, there, there are certain battles we'll take on. Uh, oh, no, I know, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to give Fitzgerald more work. <laughs> oh yeah. <I> don't... <laughs> that's, we'll, oh we'll yeah. Keep that one around. So yeah. All right, you guys. Is there anything else um, that we? I, by we the way. I prefer... yeah, go ahead.
0: Three things, real quick, and I better say her name before it. Fitzgerald wasn't the only one influential on this device. There's been quite a few, but if we don't say Nancy Moreau right away, oh I'll, yes, I'll,
1: I just she, talked to Doctor Moreau yesterday and stuff. I love her. She she helped me out because I I talked everybody
0: it. Yeah. and she's the one that said you got to make it smaller. You got to make it twenty gauge, and you got to make it a midline.
1: Yeah, that's good. Though, and I, uh, she's a nice so that, lady. She's friendly. Even though she's a doctor, she's friendly. She talks to us. You know, I mean, love her. I love that lady. Yeah.
0: I do. Too. I, I, she's awesome, and then thank you, uh, Dr. Monroe. Thank you. And then also, I want to mention uh, this is a godsend for neonates. This, this is uh, you know, this these those little guys don't and gals don't stand a chance without uh, with a whole bunch of needles and veins that don't work and and bad technique for putting in long catheters. This is the way to do it in a closed system that's sterile. So this so.
1: is okay for neonates as well.
0: Oh yeah. We have a version in 26 gauge. I don't have uh, any hospitals that have ordered that yet, okay. but it is available. It's it right. uh, just we're we're just getting started, but this is a very it's a it's a one french catheter inside of a 26 gauge peripheral. All right. And now that one does not measure central venous pressure. It's just too small.
1: It's all right though But for all you pediatric nurses out there if you are having a hard time or you need something that you need a long dwell time for your neonatal patients, here here it is. So
0: yeah, and, and and then
1: contact them and ask.
0: And then this the Nexiva, if you use it with the Nexiva 18 gauge, obviously we have to supply that in the kit, but that's your dual lumen. All right. It's single lumen with the 20 gauge, but if you use the uh, and that's with the near port, not not the regular Nexivas that are out there. You gotta get the near port, the one that work with Pivo. That's a biggie. Um,
1: N-E-A-R port.
0: Yeah, N-E-A-R port. Port, all right. And so yeah, and that, to,
1: so you're saying i have to use the next of us what you're saying
0: yeah for dual lumen you got to use an 18 inch or or no, but, i don't think they make a 16 but
1: no but you're saying i have to use the next of us what you're saying
0: no i there's there's other if you're All using right. ne- you, you, I'm, I'm saying just go up a size A 20 okay. gauge if dual lumen you got to go to 18 so that i have that coaxial gap so that right, or- okay
1: so there, are there other devices I can use to yeah. make it a dual lumen besides yeah. the next?
0: b B has got ones, ICU Medical's got one, and we have a okay. T-connector that works on those to give you the, the dual lumen. So we can make anything dual lumen as long as it's larger than a 20 gauge.
1: Now, I don't want you to stretch both of you out, but is there a way you can give me a small list of those, a few of those devices that I can put on the uh, notes and stuff, you know, our, yeah. on our Facebook sure. page? So that pe- way people can look at and research and look Yeah.
0: At- the only reason I'm saying that, it's the needle you're using. You, you want to use whatever needle the hospital uses. Right. And we've, we'll, we'll kit it out so that they're dual lumen, okay. if that makes right. sense. No, Instead does, of yeah. showing you every needle that's out there, there's you just have to work with us and, and let us kit it for you, and then we'll make them dual lumen. Revlimed, dual lumen. All right. Perfect. Is now, there anything
1: uh, else we missed?
0: A couple. Two more, sorry. We're getting a lot of buy-in from hospitals that have gotten rid of their phlebotomist
1: oh yeah there are a lot of phlebotomists that are that's because here like here in california they're wanting to pay every healthcare care work 25 bucks an hour and i know the hospitals aren't going to do that so
0: well that, that push that pushes blood draws to the rns who are doing right. it from peripheral IVs, and that not green good. yeah that green cap on the rebel med device mm-hmm. is a godsend it'll prevent the, right. the the catheter from clogging okay so you it's it, it's going to accomplish the pivo effect except you're just going to leave it in not like right. Pivo. you got to put a new one in each time this, you just leave in long and draw from it. And if should it ever clot off, you just pull it and flush in another.
1: Right. I got you. All right. You would take the device that's contained in the syringe, connect it to the green port and flush it in? Correct. I mean, not to the green port, but to the to the device that we've inserted in
0: and put in a new one? Correct. The, the, the device you. goes into, a, into whatever you're using. Pull the old one and flush in a new one All right. and you're back in business. That's good.
1: And then the third thing you said, you had two, one more. So you said you want to give thanks to Nancy Moreau. You talked about the neonates, phlebotomists. Uh, I'm looking on your notes. We talked about the overhydration. We talked about the kidneys, talked about the one and done, the sepsis bundle. We talked about your dad, vascular access experts are doing everything right on the wrong end of the hospital.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we need that expertise when the patient. If you're gonna do a one needle hospital stay you got to have the skill set to put in the first one right and phlebotomy I, I, I apologize that industry's leaving the hospital but that's vein of sabotage right and every time they stick a vein that's one less you get to use right so I support uh, getting you know moving the RNs to doing the phlebotomy and this device makes that happen
1: right I know but to me it's all saves patients veins but it also saves the hospital money too. And no, patient satisfaction goes
0: up. Thank you. That's oh. that's. I guess probably the only other thing I had to say is, on behalf of Fitzgerald, on behalf of his wife, my wife, and my entire family, we hate needles. Right.
1: I think a lot really, of do. really,
0: we're not clinical, but we'll be your patients, and we just don't like being stuck. All right.
1: So one last thing before I let you go, think about plasma donor centers. You ever heard of those? Red cross, things like that. Red cross like that. I don't know if it it would work, but just think about that. I don't know if you know if it's gonna lice the cells or anything, but
0: the only reason you'd want to revel at that is if you were a chronic donor, which well, I don't think there... those exist. This oh, is there
1: are. There's people that do it fifty times a year.
0: Yeah, this that's probably worth a healthy Whoa. let the vein <laughs> heal
2: and yeah.
1: look Fitzgerald, this that's true. People do it 50 Whoa. Times a year, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> do they get paid for that or something? Yes, they do. That's why. They <laughs> oh, <do> okay. It. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, you guys. I really appreciate you coming here, and taking the time. I, you know, I really appreciate that because you know it means a lot that you took your time out of your day. I know you guys are busy, so this will be posted probably in a week or two. But I'll I'll make sure you guys get a copy of it. And man, I... I didn't do what one time.
0: He didn't swear once.
1: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thank you. So all you people know that Kevin can have a conversation without a foul mouth.
2: (laughs) Just before we go real quick.
1: Yeah, go ahead, Fitzgerald.
2: All right. So just a couple of things that I've encountered when going to conferences and chatting with people is they would ask me about the valves. Oh yes. You know oh, yes. and how it seems like it's an issue with the traditional over the wire exposed catheters when you bump up against the valves with this one is that when it's infusing and you you're putting pressure on the syringe right so you're you're basically injecting the catheter when it hits a valve there would be a momentarily like a pause but if you just keep the pressure, as soon as that valve opens and there's that fluid moves through, this thing just goes and sails right so, in.
1: So you did know how to help people with that issue? Is No. What, yeah. So this is what I've learned by doing IV therapy for so long. When you take a deep breath in, your valves open. And when you take a deep breath out, when you blow out, your valves close.
0: Uh, so right no?
1: before you push if you take tell the patient to take a deep breath in it increases that pressure in your body and it will open the valves up
2: oh so you, you okay
1: you, great you could see it when you're drawing blood and stuff Pe- you know people are breathing you'll see the blood stop and then as they hold their breath the blood will flow it's like it's crazy so
2: well all right cool yeah.
1: try it. if you have that problem trying you'll see what i'm talking about it'll make a big difference I don't know if there's a way, if you guys have ultrasounds and stuff and you can see the valves, maybe ask Dr. Moreau if she can get pictures of the ultrasound and specifically on the valve and watch people take yeah, a deep maybe. breath in and you'll see that it'll make a big difference.
0: I, I, I oh, think that's
2: good that, information.
0: That's great. It's, an easy, yeah. it's actually just an easy technique to test with, even right. without ultrasound. Just right, breathe that's right. In so better go forward. Yeah. 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 All right. All right, Thank you you you
1: you. guys. I appreciate you. Yeah, Pretty I appreciate cool. you guys. Yeah, I had, I had a Thanks, good time. Kevin. It's gonna be an see awesome you. episode. Yeah, nice to see you. Nice to meet you, uh, Fitzgerald.
0: Yeah, thank you, Matt.
1: Thanks for taking the time. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day, man. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, stay in touch. Bye bye.
0: Don't miss out. Engage with us weekly. Share your thoughts, and let's transform the nursing landscape together.